Hello everyone and welcome to Reddit News Daily. Today we'll be discussing Am I the Butthole? In which today we will take a look at several stories and get to judge people on there for being a butthole or not. Our first post is by JimNerd813. I'm a 19 year old female with six older siblings. My parents spent most of my childhood spending money they didn't have on my siblings, so by the time I hit my teenage years, I realized I was probably going to have to fend for myself financially when I turned 18. I started babysitting and doing odd jobs around my neighborhood when I was 14, and eventually got part-time jobs during the school year. By the time I was 16, I was working three jobs in the summer and two additional to school. When my parents told me they couldn't pay for my college, I had already earned, earned an, enough, along with scholarships, to be able to put myself through college and have plenty left over. I've continued to work during the school year and have been able to make money during quarantine by tutoring online. The issue began a few months ago when my eldest sister, 29 year old female, got married. My parents spent 30 grand on the wedding, taking out a second mortgage to do so. To make matters worse, my dad was furloughed six days after the wedding. They effectively dug themselves into a hole they couldn't get out of. Two weeks ago, my mom texted me for the first time since the wedding. She didn't say I or ask how I was or make any small talk. She just said, You're dead. You're dead and I need a favor. When can I call you? I expected this. None of my other siblings are doing well financially and they've exhausted all of their loan options. Both of them, both from a family and the bank, I figured... They would text me back, ask me to loan them a few thousand, and the promise to pay it back when they could figure some things out. I was not, however, expecting them to demand I give them all my money, close to $40,000, I had made from the ages of 14 to 18. Their exact statement my mom had made was, You made that money under our roof. We were the ones that allowed you to work, so you only have it because of us anyway. We brought you food and clothes for 18 years. That money is only a fraction of what you owe us, and so on and so on. That said, food, clothes, and shelter were very minimum. It's what they signed up for when they chose to become parents. I didn't ask for any of it, etc. They responded by telling me that if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have the life I have today. They said they were being ridiculous. They said I, were, I was being ridiculous, and I ended up hanging up. Since that day, both, along with two of my siblings, have continuously hounded me about giving them what is rightfully theirs. My sibling, who have never been asked to give them money, are still professing that it's my job as their kid to take care of them. I told them that they wouldn't see a cent of my hard-earned money and have no right to make such a request. I'm torn. I feel awful for refusing to help them out, but on the other hand, this was their fault. I feel I shouldn't be responsible for mixing the mess. Am I the butthole? No, you are not. You are absolutely not the butthole. And a comment from the post below will explain it for you. Not the, not the butthole. Their poor financial choices are not your fault or problem. Speaking purely based on you being a separate person. The fact that they expect this from their own child is downright disgusting. 
I'm sorry that you're being put through this. Am I the butthole for telling my mother that I don't care that she's upset about her grades? I, an 18-year-old female, began my first year at university in February this year. My mother, a 51-year-old female, quit her job last year and has gone back to university this year to get her master's where we are both full-time students. Mom has been completely obsessive and borderline delusional about her marks. She's averaging a 90% for all her subjects and is getting special honors for many assignments, but she's ridiculously competitive with other students in her course and throws a fit when she doesn't get the best mark in her cohort. She's come up with this conspiracy theory that her course coordinator is out to get her and is purposely taking marks off her work for no reason, even though she's not got a bad mark all year. When she gets a result that she doesn't like, she throws a temper tantrum and calls in a complaint to her university. Today, she came into my room complaining that she'd only received an 85% for an assignment and that it brought her average for the subject down considerably. She also complained that someone else in her class had gotten a higher mark than her. I told my mom that I'm averaging an 85% in my best subject this year and that most university students think an 85% is a great mark. She kept on complaining saying that she didn't know why she had gotten an 85%. I was really frustrated and told her that I couldn't sympathize with her on the issue. I don't feel sorry for her that she's getting the 95% marks she allegedly deserves. But I do feel sorry that she's putting so much pressure on herself about bad marks. Mom clarified that she's not putting any pressure on herself. She's just angry that her work isn't getting the recognition it deserves. So I pointed out that an 85% is a high distinction and should suffice as recognition within itself. Mom wasn't able to get what she wanted out of me, so she left the room. She comes back in shortly after and tells me that she submitted a complaint to her course coordinator about the mark. I roll my eyes at her because it's a Karen move and she starts having a go at me, saying that she's allowed to be upset and that I should want to listen and have a conversation with her about it and show basic empathy. So I tell my mom that I honestly do not care that she's upset about an 85% and that I don't want to hear about it again. She spent my entire life putting academic pressure on me, and it sucks that she puts the same amount of pressure on herself, but hearing my mother call an 85% a crap mark rubs me the wrong way, upsets me, and makes me anxious about my own academic performance. I told her that I wasn't going to continue indulging obsessive, delusional, toxic behavior, and that she should take her angst out of grades to a therapist rather than her teenage daughter because I'm not equipped to help her. Mom accused me of making everything about me all the time, being self-centered and not caring about her or her issues. She's essentially told me that I'm a butthole. So Reddit, am I the butthole? No, P, you're not. Your mom is just... She's got really... She's really just entitled, you know, an 85 is a great grade, and if she's not happy with an 85, then no matter what grade she believes she has, should be a great grade. You've got your own studies to worry about. She chose to go back and get her master's degree. You're in college to get your degree. 
She should complain to somebody else, like a therapist. I agree. Not the butthole. Am I the butthole for telling my pregnant sister to stop giving everyone fake baby names? My sister, a 31 female, is having a baby in August. It's a boy, but they are not planning to announce the name until he is born. This has really pissed off my mom and my grandma, and they constantly bug my sister about telling the name. After a while, my sister got sick of it and started telling them fake names. This might seem like a good strategy on the service, but it's not. My grandma especially freaks out when she doesn't like the name, and my sister has been giving her fake, na fake name contenders on purpose. For example, she said she named her son Mo Lester, Stalin, Egbert, and a few more totally crazy names. Every time my mom calls me in tears and rants for like 10 minutes straight away about how my sister is losing it and I need to talk sense into her. I always tell my mom she's probably joking, but my mom is very gullible. Am I the butthole here? OP, I kind of agree with everyone. It's kind of an everyone sucks situation here. But your sister really just needs to hold her guns. Tell her, tell grandma, mom, I ain't giving your name. We've agreed on it. You'll find out when the baby's born and to stop with a fake baby name because it's just causing more of a frustrating situation than already needs to be. My husband and I found out we were expecting in April, due in December. I had previously had a miscarriage, so this time I did not want to tell anybody until I got to 12 weeks pregnant. It was a very painful last time to explain to the others that I had lost the baby. The only people I told were the ones I spend the most time with as they could tell I was not feeling well for quite a while and began to worry something serious was going on. My older sister had a baby last year. She did not tell me she was pregnant until she was 12 weeks along. No, no big deal. It's expected. I was not angry at all. I went out of my way to drive five hours to help her with her baby shower when I had to be back at home and at work at 7 a.m. the next day. I spent half my Christmas vacation helping her clean, getting her lots of groceries, cooking meals, and taking care of the baby so she could get lots of breaks. When she found out I was pregnant at 12 weeks, she absolutely lost her mind that I did not tell her sooner and now refuses to talk to me. She has also been going around to other family members complaining about how I hurt she she is that I could do this to her. Now, I, I'm tired of explaining why I kept it quiet. I did not make my miscarriage known to many, nor do I have to. I have made the decision that if I refuse to apologize to her for this because I really don't feel to, the need to, we made the decision we best, best felt for our family. So, it was a little brutal reading that, but honestly, OP, you're not the butthole. Your sister's the butthole because she didn't tell you, and now she's upset because you didn't tell her immediately right away. You're not the butthole, and clearly everyone in this thread agrees, not the butthole. And that has been Reddit News Daily, Am I the Butthole? Please subscribe as we upload Reddit videos daily. We have fallen a little behind. I was a little bit ill. Couldn't really talk. So, 
I'm back and we'll continue posting videos daily. Thank you. Have a good night, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reddit News Daily. Today, we'll be discussing malicious compliance in which you be better be careful for what you ask for. Our first post is from BlueTard101. My first time posting here, my brother got into talking about bad work experiences and told us this story. For the cast, we have Sam, my big brother, Lazy Slackers, Boss, Big Boss, VP, and me. Small background, my mother was working at an at-will employer in charge of making small commercials for very local and very rarely state companies' businesses. Think of a small airplane hangar with 60-ish employees in a studio apartment for the higher-ups. The setup. My brother was a gopher for his lazy manager and his four slacker employees. His usual job was all about their work while they were out of the office going to bars and strip clubs. My brother was told that they were going to important business meetings and during all these times and one day he got a text from our mom and dad and that said with pictures, Hey, we found your manager and co-workers at a strip club. When he got this text, he checked the company work records and saw that they all had taken credit for his work and left his name out of it. The boss came down to a section of the office and told him that he was being reprimanded for not doing any work for the past month. He was told in an email that he was on an unpaid suspension for the next month with the big boss and VP and the vice president CC'd in the email. Cue the malicious compliance. My brother and his team were to oversee the multi-million, three million dollars or so contract commercial for a company that was to be the Super Bowl of 2016. Can you see how this is going? My brother, knowing that he was going to be blamed for the fallout, put in his immediate resignation two weeks after his suspension. On week four, I'm with my brother in the car eating Sonic and he gets a phone call from a frantic boss asking where he is. My brother said, I'm in my car next to my little brother eating at Sonic. He started to cuss and shout at him to get back to the office when my brother chimed in with, If I'm so useless at work, I'm sure lazy and slackers can do it alright. It's not like they're currently at the local strip club every time they say that they've been going to a business meeting, right? And I put in my resignation two weeks ago, remember? There was a ten second pause in the call. If you want to talk to him about it, go to the club and ask him yourself. My brother gets a four-way call the next day from the boss, big boss, and VP, all apologizing and ask him to get back to work immediately, to which he responded with, As I have told boss, the big boss, I put my immediate resignation in two weeks ago with big boss's signature on it. VP said, I wasn't aware of this. My brother continues, since I haven't done anything in the past month, I'm sure lazy and slackers can do it all, right? It was then they realized they'd screwed themselves over a false report from lazy. A month later, he gets a call from an ex-co-worker saying that the big company sued the company into bankruptcy and let everyone go. Lazy and slackers were fired only two days after the four-way call. Karma is a bitch. But I'm sure Karma also is a very nice dancer at the supposed strip club they were at. And I'm pretty sure that bitch got paid.
right up disastrous my former employer was a very large global enterprise with several offices in most every country it was a requirement of my position that maybe once a month i would need to travel either domestically or internationally to service equipment at various sites seas and vessels as you can imagine i was a very frequent traveler with lots of reward cards for many airlines and hotel chains one day i would say six months in the job I was supposed to return home from working in a different country. The company travel agent hand planned for me to catch a plane with a stop at another destination for the night, then fly home the next day on a second plane. I thought this may be because there wasn't a direct flight, maybe. When I got to the desk of the airline, the person said something along the lines of, There is a direct flight instead of leaving in two hours if you just want to take that instead. The difference was the flight was a 12-hour flight, meaning I would get home at maybe 4 a.m. rather than two flights over two days and being home at afternoon the next day. To me and my innocent new to the company brain, this meant I could save the company cash on hotels, bill pay and food, and the cost of the second plane, including all my excess baggage fees with the mountains of tools I carry. This also meant I could be home earlier and I wouldn't have to stuff around. Win-win, right? I said yes and took the flight home. This was my mistake. I landed, took a taxi, got home, and received a phone call from my manager. It was something along these lines. How did your flight go? About ready to fly home on the second flight? No, I am home. I took a direct flight overnight and I'm about to crash in bed been on flights for 12 hours after eight hour work day no if you are in the city you need to be in the office i don't think so i need sleep okay we will discuss this tomorrow so i went to sleep thinking nothing of it the next day i got in the office and was called for a meeting with my manager who said i had to put in for a day of personal leave because i wasn't in the office this led to a very heated argument about how I took the initiative to save the company lots of dollars and just fly direct, not to mention I would have been in the office anyway that day because I would have been on that second plane. So what would the difference be? Eventually my manager simply opened up the employee handbook and pointed out to the company policy that said you can only travel inside of business hours. He was not going to back down from this argument. and. I had to use my personal leave. End of discussion. This very, very pissed me off, having never been told this policy and not having read the handbook, I guess. So I thought to myself, okay, company policy is company policy, and I am clearly a pleb who has to follow it. From that day on, I would not travel outside of 9 to 5 on weekdays. This meant no flying at night, no driving at night, no weekends, no public holidays, no nothing. If it took four days to travel with four planes, which could have otherwise taken one, that's what I did. On full field pay, I was other travel allowances for every minute of it. Doubled on weekends. I was really trying to be a team player, so to speak. But after that argument, on top of the travel policy compliance, I insisted on doing all work personally, and I wouldn't book any hotel anywhere that wasn't a five star or more i put all expenses on the company bill including room service alcohol and anything else i felt like this went on for eight years with no one questioning my expenses or choices 
until I moved on to a different job at a different company. I would hate to think of Scrooge McDuck vault of dollars a year after this one argument with my boss at my company. Yeah, well, at least you got to stay in some nice hotels and nice room service on the company dime. See, my friend of mine, he read the company policy and he, of course, took full advantage of it, which meant he got put up in penthouses, the dime was on them, he didn't have to pay for anything, and he even found a slight clause which said he didn't have to pay for the ticket. It was already paid for. So, kudos to you, man. So I have this cousin, let's call him Nick, and he's incredibly entitled, but this is the story of how I finally got revenge on him. This happened before the lockdown, but I didn't use Reddit then, so here we are. Nick and my nice cousin, let's call her L, came over to watch movies and weird cartoons. No, we are 13 to 15 years old. And a few hours later, my mother called me to help her clean the backyard. We have many plants, a pool, and a wooden deck. I headed over and Elle offered to help. Now Nick always wants to be the best. Nothing is ever enough, so I assume he thought that being a boy, the nicest thing he could do was offer to, was offer to help as well, because boys don't do chores. So he did. Little did he know, as soon as he said that, I already had a plan. Then my mother saw the three of us and decided to separate the chores. Nick was going to water the plants, Elle was going to clean the deck, and I was going to clean the exterior chairs and stuff. Perfect. At one point, my mother left us to get, to get us snacks, perfectly predictable, and as soon as she left Nick, finished watering the plants, also predictable. He came to me and tried to look like he was willing to help, asked me what we should do next. I stood up and showed him a part of the floor near a grass patch and told him how this spot was always dirty. I said that he had done enough and he could rest after cleaning that. What happened next was a mixture of predictable, satisfying, and funny. He had the garden hose in his hand, he used it to water the plants, and used it to try to clean that spot. The dirty part was directly in front of the grass patch and the water hit the grass and a lot of dirt, mud and water flew and he got the floor even more dirty than before. He said, done, and Elle started laughing as she noticed my plan and I just pointed out the floor. He looked and his eyes went wide to see the floor even more dirty. He tried to clean with the hose again and failed miserably. Elle and I sat down and enjoyed the show. After 10 minutes of fun, my mother came back with the snacks and tried not to laugh as she explained to Nick how we tricked him. He was furious and tried to slap me. One hour later, my aunt came and was told what happened. Nick got grounded for trying to hit his cousin and, my favorite part, for being dumb. Hello everyone and welcome to Reddit News Daily. Today we'll be discussing Today I Effed Up where people post messages of how they effed up today. Our first post is by KingShrek120. Today I effed up by not realizing people on Twitter know what you've liked. This was when I was in secondary school and I was in the closet about being bi. So as some does, I used to watch 
adult videos as many social media platforms as I could for some reason. One of these was Twitter and I used to use my main account that my parents and uncle followed instead of using a throwaway as I've learned. So one day I used Twitter and liked a lot of gay adult videos, not realizing that others could see it and when I woke up the next morning both my parents were looking at me strangely, which I shrugged off. Later that day, my dad came up to me and said he saw what I liked and I just froze. My mom also came up and talked to me about it and was equally as awkward. My parents were surprisingly fine about this though. Well, OP, that's a good thing. Even though it was in an awkward way, and yes, social media loves to share what you like with your family members. I remember setting up my Twitter profile and liking about uh, about 20 various adult entertainers and various adult uh, companies. And with that said, you know, my family, not so very understanding, chewed me out, told me to turn like that stuff. I refused and basically said, if you want to be on, if you want me to be on your account, then you're gonna to have to accept. You're gonna to have to accept it. So I wouldn't really call this a mess up. This is probably something that you mean to talk to your your family about. And even though it came out in an awkwardly, awkwardly way, you were able to talk about it, and now you may be able to have future conversations that will help you. Our next post is from iBurger One. Today I effed up by emailing my future college without spell checking. I'm always lurking here and never thought I would be the subject. Well today I done effed up. I'm trying to go to this new college and I have a lot of hoops and stuff to go through and emails and phone calls and it's tiring. Well today I figured a lot of things out and have been back and forth with this lady at the college that's been helping me. I actually met her in person last year. I went to visit the college and she is a super sweet woman and I would never classify or use this to describe a person but it pertains to the story. She is very heavy set, like a beautiful Betty Crocker type woman that you would want to be baking your cookies and call you grandma. Now she remembers me and when we met and I have mentioned in her emails and I was emailing her today. To thank her for all her help and that I was grateful for what she has done for me. I'm very polite over email because I am just a polite person overall and has always the end email thanking them for their time and blah blah blah. I'm blushing just typing this out and I feel so dumb. Well, my last sentence in the email was, Thank you for so much of your time and I'm very grateful for all your help and I know you're a busty person. But you're very nice and I appreciate it. And click send. Then I reread it. Man, I just ruined this whole thing. This poor woman, I just sent a new email right afterwards with the word busy, and that's all. So maybe she realizes it was a typo. I feel so dumb. I guess it's not that bad of an F up, but as soon as it happened, it was my third thought that I finally have a. Today, I effed up. Well, think of it this way, OP. Uh, you know, there are other words out there besides the word busty. And 
Yes, you probably wrote the email fast and didn't spell check, and it might have even autocorrect for all we know. With today's technology, I've seen words transform into other words that make no sense. And if you sent her a second email and she got it and you apologize, I'm sure things will be fine and she won't take it the wrong way. Because I've sent out emails and I accidentally used uh, another part of a woman's body and it uh, came out the wrong way in the email. However, I sent a quick email and got it fixed. And it was, and now, ten years later, we're laughing over it. Our next post is by Good Music Good Vibes 19. Today I effed up by almost killing me and my friend. Okay, so a little backstory. My friend and I have known each other for about three years now, and we are pretty much best friends at this point. He got his driver's license a couple of months ago, post virus, and got his car around that time as well. Recently, we've been hanging out together and driving around in his car going to different places like parks and stuff. Well, today my friend called and asked if I wanted to hang out. I wasn't filling up for it since we've been hanging out all week, but he told me he was really bored and my mom said I should go with him since I'm not doing anything else anyways. So I said sure and told him he could pick me up in 30 minutes. Once he got to my house, we went to a nearby park and hung out for a little bit until we got bored and decided to go to another park. But on the way to the park, we decided to pick up my friend's girlfriend. I didn't really mind doing that, though, since his girlfriend was also my friend. Once we picked up his girlfriend, we drove to the park. At the park, we didn't do much, but I was very nostalgic because the park we were at was the park where I used to go to when I was a little kid. There was also a huge tree there that I used to climb all the time. I went to go climb it but all the branches on the bottom were thin and couldn't support my weight and the other branches were too high. I tried climbing the tree for about 10 minutes until I gave up and walked out of the grass and leaves to that covered tree. Once I walked out and noticed my friend and his girlfriend were nowhere to be seen, so I called him and he said he was at the pavilion. They were two pavilions at the park, so, though, so I didn't know which one he was at and I was struggling to get to him since I was super hot and dehydrated. I eventually got to them, but once I got there, they both walked away from the spot they were at and my friend's girlfriend said, Follow me. I needed to catch my breath, so I just laid on the bench while they walked to wherever they headed. I didn't think they noticed I wasn't following them. I eventually called my friend after 15 minutes and asked if we could go to his house because I was so hot and dehydrated. He said sure and told me he would bring the car up to me and would let me sit in the front with him so I could cool off. He also told me his girlfriend's shin was sore and she was going to chill up there with me. She swung on the swing while I sat on my phone and we waited for my friend to get back with the car. My friend's girlfriend who came up to me after like 5 minutes had told me she needed to call her grandma, grandma who she lives with because she heard something in her shin pop. She called her grandma and after like 15 seconds my friend showed up with his car. My friend's girlfriend told my friend what happened and he put on his hazard lights 
sped to his girlfriend's house and dropped her off. I just texted her asking her how she's doing and she says she's doing good now. After we dropped off my friend's girlfriend, we off we decided we wanted to go to the mall. But I didn't have any money so I had to go home real quick and get some from my mom. She gave me $20 and gave me two water bottles for me to drink as well. We left my house and I started driving towards the mall. On my way to the mall, this is where the F up happened. So me and my friend F around with each other a lot. We punch each other in the junk. He does it to me first, so I do it to him as payback. Call each other names and just F up with each other in general sometimes. Well, we were going down the highway at 60 miles per hour and my friend decides it's a good idea to start effing with me by trying to tip my water bottle whenever I try to tr take a drink out of it. I was not thinking at the time and I thought it would be a good idea to get payback by punching him and his junk and since he always does it to me and did it to me earlier that day so I take the opportunity and I punch him dead center in the crotch which makes him turn his steering wheel almost hitting the semi truck next to us. I yelled, holy crap, as I grabbed the wheel and turned it back before it hit. We luckily didn't hit the semi and started driving normal again. I sat in shock at with what had just happened and my friend just had a surprised look on his face and laughed a little and said, holy poo. We continued driving to the mall and I didn't know why but I teared up a little and started to get emotional but I held it in and tried to cover up my emotions. I think my friend knew I was upset though because I kept making jokes about the whole thing and saying at least we didn't die and yeah maybe next time I should sit in the back jokingly. I felt terrible though and I couldn't get what happened out of my head. I could have killed my friend, I could have killed the both of us, I could have wrecked his car. If I survived and my friend didn't, I would have gone to jail because it was my fault so many things were running through my mind. When we got to the mall, we saw that the mall was closed, so we went to the second best option, Hooters. I started to cheer up around the drive from the mall to the drive to Hooters for some reason. And when we got there, we went inside and we ordered two Mountain Dews and barbecue wings, chicken wings, to share with the $20 I had. My friend dropped me off at my house after Hooters and I said we could hang out tomorrow, which surprised me given the whole almost killing us both thing. We're going to hang out tomorrow at 3.30. Hopefully I don't F up again in some way, somehow. Opie, it seems that you've realized that what you did by punching your friend in the crotch while on a highway going 60 next to a semi really shook you to the core. Uh, no judgment here, but I'm not saying I'm a saint. I, I drive too fast, and sometimes I have done crazy and stupid things, which almost led to effed up disasters. But I'm glad that you and your friend are doing well and are safe. Our next post is by MMA Fighter 871. Definitely not today, 16 years ago when I was in high school. Today I effed up, got pulled over by impersonating a police officer. 
So like any normal Friday night, the group of guys got together and the normal high school antics. I was driving, car was packed with like sardines, music blaring, joints lit up, and we were just driving. I didn't smoke, I'm straight edge, but probably caution a contact, lol, around causing chaos and mayhem, scaring the crap out of pedestrians, walking along sidewalks, catcalling, and a nice looking girls, getting kicked out of football games, etc. Nothing too harmful. It was towards the middle of the night, around 10 p.m., I decided to swing by my grandpa's house and check in on it since he didn't live in a great neighborhood. He lived close to the hood, so we get done doing that and going on to our next adventure. We are slowly crawling up a dark street to get back to the main streets when we see this dude walking. We all think he's up to no good. He's dressed in all black, constantly looking over his shoulder and acting like he's tripping on something. I got a pretty good at mocking a police car. My friends all go, dude, turn around and let's F with him. Well, peer pressure and all that, not really, Elmeo. I flip a hard-ass tire screeching U-turn and gun it to where the suspicious dude is and I roll down my window and bust out the police siren imitation I could do. We, well, we were right. Dude was up to no good and started hightailing it through a yard and jumped a fence never to be seen from again. Then we hear a police siren and see those lights. My friend goes, dude, you got lights too? Nope, we're F, dude. Look behind us. Turns out the cop that saw me bust that U-turn. Cop gets up to the window, shines his flashlight in everyone's faces while the entire backseat is giggling with an effing storm and asks us, who's the cop in this car? We all look at him confused and he asks what he means. He explained he's seen someone on the driver's side hang their head out the window and turn on a police siren. The backseat starts laughing uncontrollably and all points to me. He opens my door and tells me to step out of the car, puts me stomach first into my car and searches me and puts me in cuffs. Three more cops pull up and just stand there acting tough. Luckily they smoked all the weed they had and didn't leave any. Does the same to everyone else in the car and proceeds to question me why I was acting stupid and impersonating a police officer and why it smells like marijuana. I can't keep a straight face because dumb and dumber from the back seat keep effing giggling like schoolgirls and explain the best I can that we are just screwing around having a fun night and in no way was I trying to impersonate a cop. I couldn't tell you about the weed. He doesn't like that answer and opens my crappy flip phone and asks me who he should call, my mom or dad. Suddenly dumb and dumber, STFU, instantly and things get serious. I try and talk him out of it and he wasn't having any of it. He says he would call my dad. Crap! My dad answers and I'm starting to poop my pants because my dad doesn't F around. Hello, this is Officer So-and-So, and I'm sitting here with your son and his friends. Car smelling like marijuana, impersonating police officers, acting like a fool. I'm going to need you to come down and pick them up. While we wait for my dad to come, the cop is lecturing all of us and thinks he's teaching us a lesson. Writes me a ticket and calls for a tow truck to impound my car. 
at this point I'm really crapping my pants because I'm not going to have fun time when I get home. My dad arrives and he doesn't even look at any of us and walks straight to the cop and talks to him. I over him saying good when the cop tells him we are pounding the car. Oh man, I'm dead. We get uncuffed and the cop not only tells us to get in my dad's car, a very awkward and silent ride to my friend's house ensues. Nobody said an effing word. I'm over here with my head against the window trying to figure out how I'm going to get the light punishment instead of the heavy. We drop my friends off and start to head home. Still silent, my dad doesn't even look at me. After a 45 minute silent car ride, we get home. My dad gets out and goes in, doesn't say a word, and goes into his room with my mom. I'm confused as heck, I, so I just go to my room and lay down. It's late as hell, like midnight, so I just go to sleep. 3 a.m. rolls around and I'm woke up to police sirens blaring. I fall out of bed from it, scaring the poo out of me, and my dad says, Yeah, it isn't funny, is it? Get your butt up and get upstairs. I had a full 12 hours of painfully physical labor around the house as my punishment to work off the impound fee and ticket. I also had to write a letter of apology to the cop for messing up with his night over stupid antics. Yes, I definitely received the heavy punishment. Well, OP, I'm sorry that you received the heavy punishment. Honestly, I think that cop was just a little bit pissed off and taking he took it out on you when he should have been actually doing his job instead of calling three of his friends to come laugh at you. So anyway, this has been Reddit News Daily. And I hope you enjoy our new section of TIFU, and we post videos daily, so see you tomorrow. Hello everyone, and welcome to Reddit News Daily. Today we will be discussing relationship advice, in which OP's ex-boyfriend shows up to her apartment at 2am, staring at her while holding a weapon. I, a 20-year-old male, found out about my girlfriend's... Between a female affair with her boss, a 40-year-old male, a week ago. Should I confront her before I leave? We have been together for five years now, and I was saving up money for a house and a wedding, but that's all gone now. I go for a run every morning, and I couldn't find my phone. When I asked her to give me my cell call, she wanted to go back to sleep and handed her phone to me. I always had some suspicions about her behavior in the past few months, and so I snooped. Let's just say all our business trip and late nights were all excuses for her hooking up with her boss, who is a married man, by the way. I don't know when it all started, but from the text, it seems like every day and all over the office. The lockdown stopped it, and the wife found out about the affair as well. So the boss had to put an end to it. There was also, they also, this also explained why the girlfriend was incredibly sensitive during March. I often found her bawling her eyes out, but the reason she gave me was one of her friend's moms had passed away due to COVID-19. The last few months has actually been good for us. I was happy spending so much time with her, and it all seemed well. We also had talks about marriage and children and what our future may look like. 
She also seemed more invested in the relationship compared to earlier this year. I had already started saving up for the house already, but due to COVID, I had to take a pay cut. So I began looking for new jobs since last month. I have it narrowed down to two job offers, one in the same city with a substantial increase in pay, and the other on the west coast with a gigantic increase in salary with probably the best company out there in my field. I haven't told her about the offers yet as the negotiations are still ongoing. However, this was all last week. Since girlfriend has started working remotely, she has limited contact with her boss, but their conversation started again at the beginning of this month. At first, it was all about how much they both regret about what they had done with their respective partners, about how he had put a lot of effort into regaining his wife's trust, and yada yada yada. Then the tone shifted into the second week, and it was all about how they still had feelings for each other, but it has to stop. She also mentioned that she was looking forward to getting married to me and how it would break my heart if I got to know about knowing about cheating. Anyways, all that texting led them to decide to meet up for one last time and then end it between them once and for all. I found out about all of this last Friday and they are planning to meet up this weekend. By the way, she's told me she is going to go help her friend who is moving back to her hometown this weekend. When I first read through everything, I just couldn't move from the sofa for an hour. It was as if my body weighed a ton. I started imagining them having passionate hugging and making fun of me behind my back and all kinds of stuff was going through my head. Last week was heck for me. Looking at her all excited about the weekend made it worse. Anyways, I'm packing up everything tomorrow while she is out. I am heading back to my parents. I have not told them anything yet. Rather, I have not said anything to anybody. I have kept it all inside me and it's getting bad. That's why I'm writing this because I'll go mad if I don't. I plan to take the job up on the west coast. It's going to be remote for a while anyways, so it doesn't matter much. I am not planning on leaving anything behind, no letter, no text, no anything. I'll block her as soon as I hit the road. I have spent this week fixing up all my finances and talking with my landlord and now just done. What I want to know is, am I doing the right thing? Should I talk it out with her? Honestly, April and May was really good for us, but I don't think I'll be able to trust her anymore. It was really hard even looking at her face while talking to her the past few days. I just want it over with. It's just that she really looked forward to life together, and I feel bad that this relationship has gone south. I'm sorry to hear this, OP. Um, I know how you feel in a way. My wife cheated on me after nine years of marriage, and we divorced. However, I agree with Misfit971. Maybe you can get a hold of uh, his wife and explain to her as well and show her the proof you found so that she can know as well because it's obviously that this affair is still going on. That excuse to go help her sister move to her hometown is just BS. But yes, I don't think she deserves any, deserves to know and but I do think that the bosses 
wife needs to know. I, a 17-year-old female, have an ex-boyfriend who stood outside my apartment all night with a gun. For some context, me and my ex dated for barely even two months before I decided to leave him because I found out he passionately hugged a girl against his, her will at some party. I didn't want to associate with a rapist. He did not get charged for anything or and I do not want to support a rapist, nor would I want to be passionately hugged against my will myself. This, that was around eight months ago. I've so far found a different guy that I'm dating now. However, we are in a long distance relationship, so he can't even be here to support me. After I broke it off, after I broke it off, he started stalking me. It wasn't so bad that I felt unsafe, but I still took as many precautions as I could. I'd usually just see him follow me around in school, commenting and spamming my socials and DMs, and every once in a while, he'd send me a letters about how sorry he is and how he wishes I'd come back to him. In the last month, he's been quiet and hasn't done anything, so I thought he had stopped. I was wrong. Last night was just like any other except my mother was doing a night shift at work so I was alone. I was on call with my boyfriend and we were just in the middle of watching a movie when I hear some sort of noise coming from outside my apartment. So jokingly get up not really expecting to see anything more than just my neighbor going up the stairs and I see him. He was trying to be quiet. I was started to get extreme anxiety over it and tried to act like I'm not at home. Now this part is honestly embarrassing and I know people are going to call me out on this. I did not call the police nor or any type of emergency hotline. My anxiety got so bad that I had to go into the corner of my living room and I sat there for 40 minutes while quietly going through po the possibility the worst panic attack of my life. I carefully left a message for both my mother and my boyfriend. I really wanted to call my mother or police or someone, but I know, but I knew he would hear me and it would really wouldn't matter in what room I would be. My anxiety wasn't allowing me to do that. After the 40 minutes, I just quietly got up to check if he was still there and my stomach sank because not only was he there, but he also had a gun. At that point, I was just expecting to not make it through the night. I wrote a long message for both my mother and my boyfriend, telling him how much I love them. I sat in the corner for another hour or so, got up again, and he was still there. At that point, I had had no hope he'd leave. I was starting to get scared that he's going to be there when my mom will be getting back. At some point, he just banged on the door a couple of times and shouted out my name, and even then I heard him run down the stairs. I was too shocked for the loud banging to even get up, but I somehow did eventually, although I don't remember how much time had passed, and he wasn't there anymore. Once I was sure that he left, I called my mother, and she called the police and was on her way back home. Also, I know some of them might be wondering why no neighbor did anything about it or how no one saw him. It was around 2 a.m. when I first spotted him, and I'm guessing at that time most of them were at home and asleep. 
The police took my statement and are now looking into him because apparently he ran away from his parents a week prior. I have no clue what the heck happened to him, but I'm currently scared out of my mind. Me and my mom are going to be sleeping at a hotel tonight since the police said there's still a chance he would come back. I don't know what to do or how to feel. I'm scared for my life. Please, I need your help. First off, OP, you, even though you had a high-stress, high-anxiety situation that you didn't think you were going to make it out of, you did very well in maintaining your anxiety. You got in contact with your mom and your boyfriend through text messaging, and I'm guessing your mom knew something was up with these text messages. Now that the police are involved, what you need to do is to carry around like a notebook with you or something, Note the time, the date, if you spot them, if he approaches you, just, you know, keep track of everything that he does. Also, there's a comment I wanted to read uh, right below. Uh, it's from Abigail's1128. You did the right thing by involving the police. You need to make sure they understand how afraid you are for your life. And they'll likely see this in a more serious light. This is an incredibly dangerous situation, and I wish you luck. And there's another comment. Um, you did great. It was a very scary time. If this happens again, hide in a room and lock it if you have one. Put your phone on mute and call the police. That way he won't be able to hear anything, and the police will have to come for all calls for that. So, there you go. You will survive this OP, and that is not your ex-boyfriend. That's an ex-stalker. My girlfriend, who's 17, wants to lie about volunteering and social service and wants to fabricate a certificate for the same just to help her college application. I want to break up because of it. I know this might seem like a mini menial issue, given what else is discussed on the subreddit, but I really appreciate some help with this. For a little context, we're both in our final year of high school and we've been together since the start of the year. Things have been going very well between the two of us and both of us have been extremely happy until now. Also, she's from an extremely well-off family. I didn't think much of her family's wealth and connections until yesterday, but I guess it's relevant. So my girlfriend and I were talking about volunteering in our local in our locality yesterday. In order to teach to the underprivileged kids who did not have access to online classes. This is something I feel very strongly towards and I was extremely glad I had the opportunity to do something like this. She brought up how she really wants to do it because she really needs it for her college application and I didn't think much of it and continued to tell her the details. After we cut the call, she talked to her father about it and called me back after 10 minutes. She told me that her father and her agreed that volunteering for this would waste a lot of time she could spend preparing for the SAT instead. Then said her father knows someone who runs one of the biggest NGOs in our city and she could just get the certi certification made from there without spending any time volunteering getting the best of both worlds. I asked her if she was really on board with this and she said that it made sense to her and that everyone does this 
So it's not a big deal. I don't know if I've just been extremely lucky with my friend circle or if I'm just that oblivious, but nobody I know had to resort to these things in order to go to a respectable university. At this point, I cut the call and we didn't talk for the rest of the day. She texted me later at night asking why I'm mad at her. I told her I'm not mad, I'm just upset about what she said earlier. She got mad at me for judging her for her viewpoint and then we ended up having a major fight where I told her all of my friends wanted to get into their dream universities as well but none of them are having to resort to fabricating certificates for it. She said everyone does it so I told her that might be the case from where she is because she shifted from a nearby city last year and most of her friends are still from there but I didn't know anyone here who does this stuff. Today morning, I texted her saying I'm sorry that I was rude about what I said and I didn't mean to undermine her in any way. However, I still stand by what I said and if she doesn't think what she's doing is wrong in the slice, things are not going to work out between the two of us. Am I being too impulsive by saying I would like to break up over someone like this? All of my friends agree with me on this, but I would really like a third person's perspective. Thank you. Update. Thank you, but I feel like the stress and unrest caused by the current situation as well as not knowing what's going to happen next is the only right reason why she's considering her father's suggestion. We talked today and she's agreed that she'll try to manage her time and volunteer with the kids with me as much as she can. Our relationship is on a break for a bit as we had quite the fight today but I'm at least she's dropped out of the idea of faking a certificate altogether which I'm extremely glad about. So OP, it seems that you were able to talk some sense to her with that argument that you know faking a certification is not the best idea no matter what her parents say because they do check into these certificates. I had a friend, he knew computers, he knew them well. He forged his certificates, he even tried Photoshop. I went to my classes, I did all my classes, got all my certifications. So he was really pissed off when I got the job he applied for because they caught him in the lie. All right, this has been Reddit News Daily, relationship advice. If anyone out there is being stalked or harassed, please call your local number or look up the 1-800 number to speak to someone because nobody should ever have to go through physical, verbal, or even mental abuse. And I hope that you get the best help. Other than that, thank you for listening to this video. Please subscribe if you get a chance and give this video a thumbs up. Hello everyone and welcome to Reddit News Daily. Today we will be talking about choosing beggars in which free is simply way, way too expensive. Gary, LG Microwave, free. Gary, is this still available? Address please? Yes, I'm in Elmer. Okay, I can't go there just for a microwave unless you pay me $25 for gas. I don't even know how to respond to this. This is so unreal. Hi, is this available? Yes. K 
can you do better offer I pick up now? What is your offer? $500 cash. Now. Well, that's half the asking price, so no. Eh, I see that, but it's all I have on me. I'm a serious buyer. Okay, then, make a serious offer. It's not my problem if you don't have enough money. That's all I have, bruh. I'm student. Okay, that's still not my problem. I'm a student, too. Yeah, we both gotta help each other. $550? And that's the tale of how a choosing beggar just upped his price to five by $50. And I still don't think he has it today. Our next post is by Nurse Truck. Looking for a part-time job. I need to make $500 a week. I can only work Thursday and every other weekend. Unless it's nice outside, then I would need off with pay. Thanks in advance. Any leads are helpful. Oh my god. $500 a week, part-time, and can only work Thursday and weekends. But if it's nice, no, no work. This is definitely somebody who thinks like... You might think it's 15, but it's probably actually 19. This was posted to Twitter recently. Okay, guys, I'm now taking applicants for a new hashtag sugar daddy. Following the loss of Jesus Smith, breast easy, honey. PM me your full application when it is filled, when it's all filled out. I would love to have any of you support me and my kids. Get submitty. Let me be your only sugar baby. Sugar Daddy Applications Requirements Must be anti-vax More than $100,000 in the bank No children but open to having kids Age 45 plus Must have a clean criminal record Must be single Must have a clean bill of health No bringing sickness into the home Okay with seeing each other once a week Maybe less Open to sharing with other Sugar Daddies I guess you get this post from like a year from now when this lady has absolutely no DMs or replies or anything for the application and she takes a look at this and wonders, what did I do? Get the wrong hashtag? I thought I was looking for a sugar daddy. Post by Can We Not. <clears throat> so I have many examples of my mother-in-law being a choosing beggar. As she lives off the government and my husband. But yesterday my husband had to call the phone company so it reminded me of this one. Mother-in-law hasn't worked since my husband was in middle school. At the time of this story she was living in a section 8 housing with a 3 year old she gained custody of. He's not biologically related to any of us. With her being home all day with another kid around my son's age. We agreed she would watch our son a few days a week while he worked. My mother kept him a few days as well. Mother-in-law had a bad habit of not paying her phone bill and having her phone shot off or getting a cheap phone that broke down constantly. Since she kept our son, we needed to get her a reliable phone. So my husband and I agreed we would get her a phone on our plan and cover part of the bill. She would pay us a set amount each month that way, even if she was late, she would still have a working phone. My husband picked out phones for all of us. He got new iPhones for the two of us and an older iPhone for his mom. She hated it. Not because it wasn't brand new, but because she never had an iPhone and didn't want to learn how to use it. We told her the contract was signed. We recovered part of it. 
plus the insurance, and it was a lot nicer of a phone than she had had in the past. I even gave her an old iPhone case that I that was really sturdy. She didn't like it because it wasn't decorative, so she got a flimsy one off wish. She rarely carried it with her and often let the three-year-old use it. We explained to her that it's expensive and fragile and she shouldn't just let him have it alone in his room. Well, as you can imagine, she didn't listen and he broke it. Cracked the screen pretty severely. When we got her, got on her about it, she defended him saying, Well, it was an accident. He just dropped it. He wasn't being rough. It doesn't matter. You don't give a phone to a toddler. We weren't upset with him. We were upset with her. We had an insurance on it, so my husband took it to the shop to see how much it would be to fix it. I can't remember the exact price, but after insurance, it was a bit over a $100. She started to turn into a Karen and complain. Well, why do I why you have to bother paying insurance for it? Husband says she can either pay to fix it or Jill's just having to pay for a broken phone. She chose just to pay for a phone she couldn't use, but then stopped paying after a few months. Husband called and had the line cut off, but still had to pay the phone off. Mother-in-law somehow got it in her head that she could give the phone to niece, who's 11, without telling us. Niece paid to have the screen fixed, but st still had issues, and the line was disconnected, so it wasn't usable. She said once we paid the phone off, she could get it fixed and have it activated again. We said no. If we pay for it, we are keeping it. So we took the phone back. She is mostly out of our lives now. Husband won't cut her off completely, but we stopped letting our son go over there when she kept bringing in roommates, illegals if you have Section 8, cops who got called and drugs were found on one of the roommates. CPS took the boy and placed him with another family member. He may come to live with us eventually, still working out the details. We couldn't take him away sooner because we had temporary custody of our other niece while her mom was in jail. So yeah, that's my lovely mother-in-law. But at least my husband is amazing. Our next post is from 3-Hour Baths. One of my former friends had a family loss and inherited house. She spent hours every day complaining on social media that she couldn't empty the house People sent suggestions of companies which could help her. I can't afford to pay them. They volunteered their time, but then she didn't want the house clean, cleared that the easy way. She wanted every last item sent to someone somewhere, including out-of-date prescription medicines. She advertised a GoFundMe all day, every day, to pay for her living costs. Not for actual help. This was a way to be all volunteers. We sent her suggestions on how she might be able to secure some credit against the estate or get a loan from a charity to help her, and here's where we finally get to the bottom of her thinking. But if I have to pay some of the money from the estate to deal with the estate, then I will. Sell, then when I sell the house, I will not be able to afford somewhere else with a poor bedroom, bedroom anymore. I was floored. She wanted donations from everyone so that she didn't have to consider downsizing to a free and clear three-bedroom house from a free and clear four-bedroom house. 
She's a single person, so that's three spare bedrooms coming out of everyone else's pockets. Meanwhile, other people inherit big problems that cannot afford to bury their parents, and she's wanting donations off the back of her bereavement to pay for more luxury. She continued using emotional manipulation every day on social media. I know that nobody cares if I live or die, but please donate so I know not to blank uh, myself to keep my money coming in. Thousands and thousands of donations, about six months of free volunteer work, all to pay her to have a bigger house at the end of it. And she still thinks she's perfectly logical as to how we could possibly expect her to pay the money out of the sale of the house and have to shop for a house while she can't afford. I'm not going to actually insult on someone during the bereavement process. I can express my annoyance now as it's a good number of years ago that this all happened and she's still at it. She's using the, you can't say anything bad about me ever about anything because my parents are dead card. Most par people's parents die. It's a thing that happens when you grow up. I just stopped responding to anything and I have her block now. Meanwhile, we clearly a relative's house overpaid all the expenses on it and came out with basically nothing and I sent that cow some of my money before I found out. Need a man that's six foot two, no kids, good job, car and crib, degree, eight inch penis or bigger, eats butt, sucks toast, no settling either. And the reply at the bottom by Marley fan. That girl, Icy, boy, you, uh, boy with a face, you'd be lucky to meet a man with a tricycle. Alright, well, thank you for this edition of Reddit News Daily. Today we did Choosing Beggars. If you like this, you want me to continue doing it, I will. Thank you. Have a good rest of your day.